Welcome back to the Ultimate Pocket Therapist. We are a mother and daughter team of Shannon and Brooke wanting to educate and enlighten and entertain all of you. Right. On mental health issues. Especially entertain. Especially entertain. Right. Because mental health is entertaining. So entertaining. I mean, that's like the number one. People are like, what do we do tonight? Like, yeah, you know, let's like, talk about mental health. Yeah, let's get, yeah. let's get knee deep into some mental health. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because man, that's a good time. It is so good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so once again, <laughs> we're at it. So before we get started, we will go over the little disclaimer. Please remember that this is not a therapy session and I am not your therapist. And if anything that we talk about triggers any issues, brings anything up, we encourage you to seek help. And there are many resources in areas available for people. So do not hesitate if you need help to get help. Yep. And if you need to find a resource and you're having a hard time, send us an email. Our email's in the show notes. Yep. We will. We will help you with that. But that's it. I mean, we're not actually here to help you. No, no. Very yeah. limited help. Limited help. Yeah. But mm-hmm. if you need help, we're yeah. here to help. <laughs> Back to entertainment. Yeah, yeah. just entertainment. <laughs> oh. So what we are going to talk about, not work on. You did it this I time. Did. You said I talk. remembered. Yeah. I, this is not a therapy session. Yeah. yeah. I just said that. <laughs> so what we're going to talk about um, is anxiety. We had mentioned that we were going to do that several episodes back, and now we are getting around to talking about anxiety. Mm-hmm. So what we have to realize is anxiety. We could probably talk about that for a year. Yeah. There are so many kinds of anxiety. I have got so many stories about anxiety. You have stories? Yeah. About it's like anxiety. you've been on the wor- out in the world for so many years yeah. dealing just, with people. Just and, a couple. Huh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So when we talk about anxiety, we'll... we'll talk mostly about generalized anxiety. I'll get to that. But remember, there are so many different types of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Okay. So like depression, anxiety is a physical problem. It is often caused because the brain is unable to produce and regulate two important neurotransmitters called GABA and serotonin. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we have to realize because of that, it tends to not go away on its own and if untreated can get worse, okay? Basically, the stress hormone levels become elevated and the brain is unable to produce proper amounts of GABA and serotonin, which basically tells the brain to slow down. Okay. Okay. So some of the causes can be poor diet, genetics, huh? You might know about that one. (laughs) Of course, your father's side. Yeah. Yeah. We've already determined all bad things came from your father's side. Uh Yeah. Excessive stress um, or a number of really hard things to identify. And because of this, it is really, I think, recommended if we are dealing with any kind of anxiety to figure out what we've got and a treatment for it. Yeah. Okay. So it experiencing, I guess what we would call normal anxiety. Everybody has anxiety like at different times. Test anxiety, okay, performance mm-hmm. anxiety. Mm-hmm. I remember you when we were out rodeoing and even up here at jackpots, 
that we would get close to the town that we were going to be rodeoing in that night, and you would go, Mom, I'm starting to get tickles in my tummy. <laughs> Remember that? Yes. Yeah. The anxiety would start before we even pulled up to the rodeo grounds. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's a normal kind of anxiety. That's a little bit of excitement. I know there's um, a real big adrenaline rush that we've experienced barrel racing. You know, when they call your name and you're lining that horse up on the alleyway and you take off, there is that excitement. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a normal excitement. So we're not talking about that type of situational anxiety. We're talking about anxiety that we just cannot seem to get rid of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So people with anxiety disorder frequently have intense, excessive, and persistent worry or fear about everyday situations. Okay. Okay. So anxiety disorders involve repeated episodes of sudden feelings of intense anxiety or fear or terror that reach a peak within minutes. That can be a panic attack. Okay. And can interfere with daily activities and are difficult to control and are out of proportion to the actual event or the actual danger. Okay. Okay. So it basically, we get our negative thoughts going and we create an intensified anxiety because the more we feel it, the more negative thoughts are produced. And it's just like we go down that rabbit hole Mm -hmm. and it is really hard to get it turned around. And then we end up with physical symptoms. Okay. And so we end up with these physical symptoms and then we're sure we're dying. Yes. Yeah. In fact, some of the physical symptoms I'm going to say, but I, I'm thinking of a story that relates to you with this. Oh my gosh. Yes. yes. But some of the physical symptoms that we get shortness of breath, tightness in the chest, a stomach ache, feeling on edge, mm-hmm. sweating, heart mm-hmm. increased heart rate. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm actually going to have Brooke share a story of one of her moments with anxiety yeah so it was actually my first and last actual panic attack but it took me going to the emergency room and getting tests done to find out it was a panic attack Mm -hmm. and what what had happened was I had been on maternity leave with my second um my second kid Wesson and he had had a bunch of problems come to find out it's a whole long story but He was in the NICU for a while. Turns out he had no immune system. So when we brought him home, he was our little bubble boy for a long time. And Mm -hmm. so going back to work, I had to completely change my schedule, go part time. I started work. I was going to have to start working at nights and um, my ex-mother-in-law and then you were going to alternate different days that babysitting, babysitting. Uh So that way he didn't have to go and be with a daycare because he still didn't have a great immune system. And there was still a lot of unknown Mm -hmm. as to if he was going to be a normal kid immune system wise and health wise. So it was seriously, I think two nights before I was supposed to go back to work on a Monday. I think it was a Saturday and I was laying in bed. Everyone was asleep. Everything was fine. And all of a sudden, I was getting these chest pains. 
and I couldn't breathe. And it was, and nothing was going on. Again, we were just going to bed. Right. And I could not get a handle on this pain in my chest. And I thought I was having a heart attack and I couldn't breathe. I couldn't take a deep breath. Nothing ended up waking up my husband and was like, I think I'm dying. Like, I don't know what's going on. Right. I had, when I had Wesson, um, in my labor and delivery, I did have preeclampsia, which is a, um, a pregnancy disorder that does affect your heart. They thought I had preeclampsia cause I had all the symptoms, but I didn't, which goes hand in hand with all the other problems that we had. Right. But they had warned me to pay attention cause there is, you can, or some women can get their preeclampsia come back up postpartum. Okay. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this. So there goes the thoughts. Yeah. I'm like, this has to be hand in hand with what was going on when I was giving birth and when I was pregnant and all this stuff. Well, we end up calling somebody. Did we call? Was it you? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I (laughs) thought we called you to come and sit with Uh our sleeping toddler and baby Uh and went to the emergency room the whole way up, couldn't breathe, couldn't take deep breath, hyperventilating. Right pain. Oh, it hurts so bad in my chest. Get sat down in the emergency room, doctors running tests and the pain starts going away. And every, you know, I start mm-hmm. kind of calming down. I think they ended up giving me a mild like tranquilizer. I to, think they did too. Yeah. Yep. Because it, it yep. a, yeah, sedative and yep. I ended up being just fine. And they, they ran tests and everything was normal. And the doctor comes in and goes, hey, do you have a history of anxiety and panic attacks? I was like, well, no. I do now. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't even know what that to, is. Like, starting tonight. <laughs> yeah. And he explained to me that that was exactly what that was, was right. a panic attack. Yeah. And it was scary. Yeah. And very real. Yeah. And so actually that brings up a really good point with anxiety. Okay. What we want to do, if we are experiencing symptoms like that, what you just explained in that story, is we want to check out medical first. We always want to rule out it's a medical issue before we diagnose it as anxiety Mm -hmm. because we do not want it to be a heart attack, Yeah, you know, and a medical issue and think, oh, it's just anxiety, and then we're ignoring something that we really should be going to the hospital for. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know years ago, back in the archives of therapy, I was working with a young kid. He was married, had a couple little kids, and he was self-employed with his dad. They ran a business. And he came in with um, some marital issues is what he came in for. And in talking to him, you know, I could tell that he was really struggling with anxiety and I approached him about it and and he he was just total denial it's not anxiety you know I don't have anxiety and he was very um, determined that he did not have anxiety (laughs) and he happened to live we had we were in a small town and he happened to live um where we had to drive in front of his house every night to go down to do chores. This is when our horses weren't right outside the door. They were separate. We've talked about that before. 
Um, and so we would drive down a couple of times a day to do chores, ride the horses, whatever. And so I would often see him outside. That's how I knew where he lived. I wasn't stalking him. Okay. Wasn't. Right. No, I, I don't do that with clients. <laughs> Hi, I'm watching you. <laughs> but we went down one night to do chores and we're on our way back up and his house is surrounded by ambulance, police cars, a fire truck, and he's got little kids. And I'm like going, oh my word, something obviously is going wrong at this house. Mm -hmm. And I later find out it was him. He was having a heart attack. His wife called 911. They got him in the ambulance, got him to the hospital, no heart attack. And at that point, he decided he had anxiety. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. he actually went in an ambulance because he thought he was dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how severe. I mean, this is scary stuff. Panic attacks are real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, they, it hurts. Yes, they're real. Yeah. These are physical symptoms you're having. You're not pretending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to go on another symptom of stomach aches. Yeah. Um, that one is one as a parent to really watch for in your little kids. A lot of times if they have chronic stomach aches, it mm-hmm. might be an anxiety thing. Right. Um, in fact, my nine-year-old Gunner, who I've talked about in other uh, podcasts, he is mine who is ADHD. Mm-hmm. We are the, he's the one I, we took to um, that neuropsychologist to figure out what exactly was going on with him because it, his ADHD was just weird. Right. And he, the neuropsych, was able to realize or tell us, educate us, that his ADHD presents itself in anxiety and depression. So mm-hmm. when he's not on his medication or he is coming off of it in the evenings, rather than a lot of the ADHD kids, you know, they get wild and crazy and they're talk, 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 or they do stupid things and they mm-hmm. jump down the stairs or... He will fixate and worry and panic and get mm-hmm. sad. And then his stomach hurts. His stomach hurts. He just cries because his stomach hurts. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And so that's one thing. Every time his stomach hurts, you know, I have a lot of conversations with his dad because we co-parent or I'll call him and say, hey, I sent Gunner to school. He said his stomach hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, if he calls, let me know. I was pretty, you know, we're, I'm pretty sure once he gets distracted and going and gets started with his day, his stomach ache will go away right. because I think it's just that day, yeah, getting the day started anxiety, or he may, might know he has a spelling test or he might mm-hmm. be doing right. something different that day. Mm-hmm. And he, his tummy right. is his, his telltale oh, yeah. sign. Yep. You know something's going on, and, and it's all, it's so tied together. Mm-hmm. You know, just like we're talking about, all of these feelings that people have are real. I mean, he really has a stomach ache. Yeah. But it the, the cause of it isn't something wrong with his stomach as much as the cause of it is the anxiety, which is also his ADD and stuff. So, yeah. you know, yeah, he just struggles with that. <laughs> He's our little puzzle, man. Yes, he is. But so... What I see mostly in my practice is what we call generalized anxiety. That tends to be probably one of the more common types of anxiety. And it's interesting that we see it diagnosed hand in hand a lot with depression. About half of those diagnosed with depression are also diagnosed with 
with anxiety. And of course, just like depression, we see it more in women. Oh, good for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, we just, get, you know, we have it all. Yeah, <laughs> we we want about twice as much. Uh-huh. Yeah, either that or men just deny it. Well, uh, that's they what my point yeah. I was thinking was men probably deny it until they think they're dying. Mm-hmm. And something's going wrong. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. Where we're like, okay, I'm worried. And I think women are better at dissecting their own feelings. Yeah. Yeah. And men just well, buck it up. We ad- we admit it. Yeah. Uh-huh. We'll ask directions. It's true. Yeah. We yeah. Won't. We're, we can do this, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with a man. Just ask them. <laughs> <laughs> Until there's pain involved. Right. And then they, oh, then, and then we will sicker call- than any man. <laughs> call 911. <laughs> So it is ever. I feel icky. (laughs) I have a cold and I'm gonna die. I can't go to work. Anyway, oh, that's a whole other topic. (laughs) We do really like men on this podcast. We do. We we're both happily married, but you know, it's just. But but we're honest. We're honest, and they're Mm -hmm. really good targets. Oh, they are because everyone can relate, right? Because they whine. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so if. If you're wondering what the di- well you are the diagnostic I, I am wondering deeply right for for generalized anxiety again we refer back to our DSM five which Do we yep yeah because that's just where we diagnose stuff but here are the six diagnostic criteria for um, generalized anxiety and in adults they need three or more of these in kids only one and it has to be for about the last 6 months or so okay it can't just be it started yesterday okay so the first one is restlessness or feeling keyed up or on edge two being easily fatigued three difficulty concentrating or mind going blank four irritability five muscle tension and six sleep dis- disturbance okay and so those are the diagnostic criteria so you can see a lot of people have those and yeah. that fits so we see generalized anxiety a lot mm-hmm. yeah so the two kind of um, ways we treat anxiety is medication mm-hmm. okay and good old psychotherapy mm-hmm. yeah talk to a therapist yeah yeah we're good at it but the the medication part and again i'm not a doctor but i know there's certain antidepressants that are really good for anxiety so we don't have to take medication that is addictive Mm -hmm. and again refer to a a general practitioner md to look at medication Mm -hmm. but the psychotherapy part we do a lot with the cbt again the cognitive behavioral therapy really focusing on getting negative thoughts turned around working on the fact that we can control the anxiety. It does not have to control us. Mm-hmm. And it is something that we can get rid of. People do not have to go year in and year out feeling anxious and having difficulty with anxiety. A lot of people do because they just refuse to go get help. Yeah. They kind of get used to just feeling that way, but you don't have to, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I know there's a bunch of other things that you've kind of been aware of that help reduce anxiety too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I know, um, good old diet and exercise and sunshine, but it really does help it. Yeah. Yeah. Keep your diet in check. Mm -hmm. I know, you know, there's studies and rabbit holes on the whole processed food stuff or how you eat and 
how often you're getting out mm-hmm. and exercising, even just going on walks. Right. Again, like we talked about, go outside, get quality, mm-hmm. quality you time. Right. Really, really helps. And then medication. Medication. Yeah. And, you know, sleep. Yeah. Oh, yes. You know. I've never had a problem with no, sleep. No, you are a professional sleeper. I am a professional yeah. sleeper. Again, you get that from your father. I do. Okay. Just I say, do. yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have no problem napping. Yes, but but <laughs> there are humans out there that have a problem sleeping. Yeah, and that can really uh, have an impact on us. Yeah. You know, when we don't sleep well, it's not good. Yeah. Our body needs it. You know, the other thing too is um, quit smoking, and that's hard for people who are smokers, and, and cut back or quit on uh, caffeinated drinks because both nicotine and caffeine can worsen anxiety. It's a stimulant. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Just doesn't help, you know. And there's things like our stress management stuff, relaxation mm-hmm. techniques, yoga yeah. is good, meditation. I love visualization. I do. A lot of relaxation exercises use visualization, mm-hmm. and that's a really good way to do breathing relax the body, then kind of go to a nice quiet place that you visualize, you know, it also helps with muscle tension when we do, um, visualization and relaxation exercises. Okay. Yeah. So that's, yeah. I have a, I, I have another story about, um, a, a man with anxiety. And oh, go figure. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, a friend of ours, Bob. Bob. Bob, our friend Bob. Yeah, he was uh, pretty overweight. I'd say he had about 100 pounds extra on, on him um, at this, this time. But it was like one day he started gradually getting chest pains. Okay. And it was really starting to bother him. And again, one minute he'd be fine. The next mi- minute for no reason, he'd have chest pains, have trouble breathing. But it was never amped up enough to like the point where he was calling 911. It okay. was like just there. Uh huh. And it bothered and it bugged and he knew there was a problem. So he started going to these doctors about having these chest pains every day. So he was going through sleep tests. He went home with what are the heart monitors, the yeah. EKG or yeah. where you keep it on you. And then right. they, they read the stats later and all this stuff. A few of the different doctors were like, you sure this isn't like anxiety? And he's like, no, it's, it's, it, this is not anxiety. I am, there's something wrong. I'm developing a heart condition, you know? And, mm-hmm. and then he's like, well, I'm overweight. Like I, I'm finally getting, I finally pushed my body to the edge, like all this, this stuff. So finally he ended, he did end up in an emergency room one night because okay. his heart finally gave out on him, okay. it, but it didn't. Okay. <laughs> Okay, another heart attack. <laughs> another heart attack, and oh. it was for real, like right. pain. It, yeah, and he seriously, like he was saying, it feels like my heart finally just exploded, right, from my chest. You oh, know, oh yeah. But he, at that point, accepted that it was anxiety. But mm-hmm. he had been dealing with thinking he was developing a heart condition for months. So he started taking something, realized that it did help that his chest pains were gone. He started taking something for anxiety, but he did not like the side effects or something. The side effects, something else. It just wasn't clicking. He felt better heart, chest pain, anxiety wise, but he didn't like it. He didn't like the medication. Yeah. So he actually, at that point, completely flipped his life around 
and started religiously exercising and eating right. And on his own dropped, he probably down probably 120 pounds now. Like serious. Yeah. Wow. Just that's significant. Looks phenomenal. Wow. You know, yeah. and just completely flipped his life. And that is how he manages his anxiety now that he knows it's, it's what there. It is. Yeah. 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 Then, so he never went back on a medication. He hasn't. Not, okay. not that I know of. Okay. He's maintained. He's just maintained it. Yeah. yeah. He's been a couple of years now maintaining his weight and his exercise mm-hmm. routine. And I think now he, he knows what that, that pain is. Right. Like he can recognize it. And so, yeah. And probably, you know, another good point and probably what he has um, figured out too are triggers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if we understand what our anxiety is about and we start to understand how it relates to our body and we start to identify it as anxiety, we can also start to identify triggers. And he probably knows, you know, when he starts to have a chest pain to stop because there's a trigger. Yeah. Something is Back starting. Back off yeah. and do, I'm not sure what he does other than exercise to help. I'm, I'm sure he, mm-hmm. yeah, if he can feel it come in, sits yeah. down, chills out. Yeah. Or revamps his thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, some things that really help to, you know, work on anxiety on our own is to basically take action, but get a plan, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's a plan to go to therapy, whether it's a plan for medication to stay on your plan, because a lot of people will do something for a short period of time and then quit. Mm-hmm. Because they're either not getting instant results or they don't think it's worth it or it's too hard. And they just they just quit. Because this is something that can go away, just like you're talking about your friend Bob. Mm-hmm. Okay? You can deal with it. You don't have to have anxiety. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you've got, to, you've got to do something about it. There's actually, you know, anxiety support groups. Yeah. You know, we've talked about that with other things. And, you know, keeping a journal. Sometimes if we keep a journal and we write things down, we become aware of what our triggers are. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. mm -hmm. Yeah, but we sometimes just get lost in it. We don't pay attention. Mm -hmm. It's like we almost have to make ourselves pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. And I have clients come in that just, you know, they do okay, and then their trigger can be, um, someone not texting them back in what they believe is an appropriate amount of time. Okay. And so it's like that, you know, they, they text and then somebody doesn't text them back. Mm-hmm. And then pretty soon it's, well, what did I do wrong? Why are they mad at me? Why, why aren't they texting back? You know, and they start down this negative thought of just like, you know, the worst case scenario. And it, literally can be that somebody was just busy and mm-hmm. couldn't text back or I have had clients come and they somebody will just text them back one word and they're all upset because they didn't reply mm-hmm. you know and it's amazing how small triggers like that can create anxiety and get our negative thought processes going down that rabbit hole Mm-hmm. You know, it is scary. And so most of our anxiety, well, we talked about this before with depression is thoughts create emotion, emotion creates behavior. And if we can target these negative thoughts and get 
control of them. We all have negative thoughts. Oh, yeah. But with anxiety, we don't get control of them. Yeah. Okay. And oftentimes, and this goes back into really working with people and, and doing psychotherapy, but if we go back and uncover what might be a negative core belief, mm-hmm. because negative core beliefs are there and they're way deep inside and they've usually formed when we're very little. Mm-hmm. And then they're kind of this mushroom effect. And from a negative core belief comes all this negative self-talk and negative thoughts about ourselves. Like I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm worthless. And that can just, you know, people that, that get caught in that and haven't dealt with negative core beliefs really can struggle with anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it. Mm -hmm. It's like a snowball effect. It is. It really is. So yeah, I had a client years ago that the anxiety started when she was at certain places. She started to have anxiety. Hmm. So her way of dealing with it was she would avoid those places. Okay. Okay? So the one example is she was waiting in line at the post office and started to feel some anxiety. And then she got afraid that her anxiety was going to turn into a panic attack. So then she would avoid the post office. Okay. Okay. And that would be her way of dealing with it. And by the time she came in to see me, she was pretty much on her way to a good old fashioned case of what we call agoraphobia, which is that I avoid, you can't know, go out, can't yeah. go out, you know, because it's going to, the fear and the anxiety. And so that's a whole nother area, but that's extreme. But we start, people do start avoiding places where they think they might have anxiety mm-hmm. as a way to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So there's an awful lot with anxiety and it's a tough one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But people get in their head and then create so many scenarios and so much worry mm-hmm. that really can be avoided, but we have to realize that we don't have to live this way. Yeah. And I think it's common to to start to like the client, you start to feel anxiety, then you fear anxiety because of what it makes you feel like when you hit a certain point because there is that intense pain that comes with it. You're not just upset and worried in your your head space, your emotions. It's a physical reaction to it. I am dying. I know. Even if you know you're having a panic attack, it doesn't take the pain away. Right. Yeah. And so then you get anxiety about your anxiety. Yes, you do. And then it creates anxiety. It does. It is. Honestly, it is a vicious negative cycle. It just goes round and round. Mm -hmm. It's like until we figure out a way to stop it, which is again, what if any, you take anything from this podcast, it's just to empower yourself that you do not have to continue to struggle with anxiety. There are so many ways to deal with it and there's so much help out there. This doesn't have to be a daily routine. Yeah. You know, yeah, it can be a very simple mm-hmm. fix. Right. Yeah. yeah. So anything else to add? Because we're going to have a lot more podcasts on different parts of anxiety because I've got so many clients with post-traumatic stress stuff that comes from trauma and abuse and stuff. And that's a hard one. Obsessive compulsive oh, is yeah. a form of anxiety, you know? Yeah. Like I said, there's so many kinds, social anxiety separation anxiety it just goes on and on we've got a lot of a lot of anxiety out there <laughs> that then creates anxiety about the anxiety <laughs> right yeah i think i diagnose depression anxiety probably the majority of people that come in 
Yeah. Well, it makes sense because it's. Yes. That's why they're seeking treatment. Yeah. 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 No, I don't got anything to add. I'm kind of excited to see what comes from listeners after this. Right. So yeah, our email is in the show notes. Give us an email. If you have even just a story about an epic anxiety attack or your journey with it. Yeah. Share share it because it's one of those things that I can guarantee at least nine out of 10 people have at least felt what it feels like to have some form of an anxiety or a panic attack or that pain that it can cause. Yeah. It's very common. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like we said, it's scary. It is. Yep. So remember that this was not a therapy session. (laughs) (laughs) And um, if anything came up for you while we you were listening to the podcast feel free to get help don't hesitate yeah help is available yeah you don't have to feel like crap no you don't (laughs) all right well i think that sums up our episode for today so we will catch you next time (music) 